got your Bibles, go with us to the book of Psalms, the 98th chapter. It's where we were going to be this morning before uh, time concluded. And we're talking about victory. Uh, Don't lose sight of the victory. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I think people have lost sight of the victory. I think that... uh, in churches, and I said this morning, you know, even our own church, we find ourselves, we at times we'll get discouraged by what happens, and and so uh, we see something happen, we get discouraged by uh, that instead of being excited by the victory uh, that it's still here. And you know, there's uh, I thought about this uh, because it just is a, it's an important thing to me. Uh, I've pastored small churches all my life. Never had a big church, and uh, I thought back to the time whenever we first got here. We would say we said that we would have a honeymoon, and then after that, we'd find out how many people really wanted to stay. And you know, I was excited when we got to running a hundred and hundred and fifteen. I was excited when we hit a hundred and fifty, and then I was excited the day that we had the challenge. We went over two hundred, and I'm still excited today, not because we've dwindled down but rather this because the same God that was with us in the beginning is the same God who's here tonight and we lose sight of that because we begin to look at what's happening with numbers a lot of times instead of what's happening with God Bible fulfillment tells us that as we go through time we will see less and less people who are dedicated to God but I believe this those of us who will stay the course become more and more determined to stay dedicated to God. And it's up to us then to have an influence on those around us. Jesus said, if the salt has lost its savor, it is therefore fit for nothing but to be cast under the feet of men and trotted. And so, you know what? If we've lost it, then we're going down. Shut the doors, let the vines grow. But if we've still got our eyes on Jesus, we still got our hearts set to serving God, then we're going to be salt. And salt does one of two things. It either burns and cures or it burns and gets up. That's the way people are. If it burns too much, they'll get out. They don't want salt. But if it burns to the cure, they become salt themselves and begin to help us do the things we need. So if you would stand tonight. i got a little bit more to say in a minute. But let's stand and read starting in verse 1. And then we'll go to the Lord uh, in prayer. Verse 1, chapter 98. O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Never lose sight of that. Can I tell you tonight, church, don't lose sight of that victory. It's not my victory. It's not your victory. It's God's victory. But we are the victors of the victorious when we stand firm with the Lord. The Lord hath made known his salvation, his righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the with the harp, with the harp. Uh, in the voice of the psalm, with the trumpet and the sound of the cornet, make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. This says this, let the sea roar in the fullness thereof, 
uh, and the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he cometh to judge the earth with righteousness. Shall he judge the world and the people with equity? I'm glad God is favor, fair, fair this evening. Father, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you, dear God, for your blessings. Ask you, Father, to help us, Lord, this evening as we go through thy word. And, Lord, I pray tonight, let your will be accomplished. And we ask you these things in Christ's name. And amen. You may be seated this evening. I, I thought about something this morning. Uh, it, it went real fast by me uh, because I wasn't supposed to say it this morning. But then I got to share it this afternoon. And I want to share it with you this evening. When we talk about a victory and we talk about God answering prayers and we talk then about how the devil tries to discourage and you know what? We lose sight of the victory when we allow the devil to discourage us. And me and Lynetta, uh, uh, Friday was my day off. We were supposed to come down Thursday evening and be here Friday and Saturday and today and go back to the house. And, and we didn't get to do that because Netta's mom is uh, overtaking care of Grandpa Roller. And honestly, truly, uh, Thursday, uh, Wednesday, I guess we were finding out some things. And then Friday, and I, I was upset. I got mad. Because, you know what, I wanted to come down here. I, that was our plan. We was going to come down here. We was going to be here. It works out the best for all of us, in my opinion. Me and Mama get some alone time, you know. We, we get to just sit there in the quiet just a little bit. And, and we miss the grandbabies. But, but you know what, sometimes we just sit there and we're quiet. We get to be at the church to do a few things. I love doing things here at the church. And I have my mind set to that. Uh, some things that we was going to do. We was going to do some dusting and just little things like that, picking up and, and just kind of getting some things together. Then, then you know, getting to visit with folks and, and just the different things that we get to do. I, I was wanting to go hunting on Friday morning. I'm not going to lie about it. I thought I'd get out into the woods. And I got a little discouraged, but as, as and I told Ned, I said, I don't want to be discouraged. I, I, I know why we're doing what we're doing, but it didn't really hit me until this morning in the message and then this afternoon that, that one of the things that I was doing is I was allowing a victory to cause me defeat. You ever thought about that? Just a week ago, we were praying for Grandpa Roller because he had been outside for eight hours or so on the cold ground. They couldn't get his body temperature up. He was in ICU, and we pray and ask God to do a work, and God does a work, and God gives us a victory, and that he's out of ICU, he's at home, he's doing good, he's eating good, and, and I, get, I get upset because I'm having to stay at the house to let the dog out. Church, we lose sight of the victory in things that, that we don't even realize sometimes we're losing sight of what God is doing. And I thought to myself, how, how horrible is that? that? That something that we prayed for, God did. And because God did it, we were required to do a little bit more. Hey, sometimes in the victory, God requires you and I to stand up. So you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad. Now we have to let Lucky out of the house. Because I'd rather be letting Lucky out to go potty than attending a funeral for Grandpa Roller. The victory sometimes gets distorted 
by the after effects. Things that we didn't plan on. I mean, after all, victory is supposed to be a time of celebration, and the celebration should last throughout eternity. And there should never be an interruption. There should never be anything that detracts. Or, hey, sometimes victory requires some afterward things. we got to serve the Lord. So sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous. Look at that. Marvelous things. His right hand and holy arm hath gotten him the victory. And when God wins and we are on the side of God, that means we win. We are victors in the victorious victory of our Lord. And I'm glad to be part of that team. I'm thankful tonight to know that because of what God has done that, that I get to do other things. And, and I will say this. I pray and I ask God to help me that going forward, whatever it is that I have to do, that God, when God does the victory, whatever it is that, that follows that up, that I will, will do so willingly and openly and happily because whatever the result of the victory that I prayed for and now I've got to do something else. I want to know that I'm being good and right in the sight of God. And not a complainer and a moaner and a groaner. You ever thought about that, church? God, do this. And God, will you do that? And God, then you get it and then you say, I just can't believe I have to do this. You're blessed when you get to do follow-up. In Isaiah chapter 25, it says this, and, and I will say this, you can focus on this entire chapter. Start with verse 1. We're going to start with verse 1, then we're going to jump down just a little bit. But look at how we start out. He said, O Lord, thou art my God. Well, if God is yours, you're expecting victory. You're expecting strength. You're expecting opportunity. You're expecting good things. But by the way, while David obtained victory, every time he come back celebrating the victory, he had first gone out to fight a battle. Think about it. Jesus got us the victory, but it cost him first his life. There was a battle that Jesus went through in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he said, Lord, let it be that this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, let it be thy will and not my will. And the Bible says as he prayed, his sweat become great drops of blood. And so we know this. He was in a battle. He knew the flesh was going to suffer, but he knew in the suffering of the flesh, the victory of the soul was coming about. So before you can have a victory, you might have to have a battle said, O Lord, thou art my God, I will extol thee. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithful and true. Can I tell you tonight, if you want victory, you've got to walk in the counsel of God. Go back and read the first book of Proverbs, chapter 1, and, or the first chapter in Proverbs, and it tells there the young man not to go after those and with those who are out to seek blood of the innocent. Therefore, excuse me, for thou made a city an heap of defense, city ruin, 
a place of strangers to be no city. It, is, it shall never be built. God took and won the victory. Therefore shall the strong people glorify thee. The city of the terrible nations shall fear thee. And let me say something about the strong people. Strong people are not strong because they can lift a ton. It's because their faith is unbreakable. Their desire to serve God is true and faithful. It's, it's like this, that, that, that the Bible tells us, in my weakness, he has become strong. When, when I am weak, he's strong. When, when I can't, he can. I can do all things only, what? Through him, Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Jesus said, without me, I can, without him, I can do nothing. And if I want to have victory, I've got to put my faith and my trust in him. If I'm going to be strong, I must be strong in him. That our faith is strong is more important than our muscle strength. And we spend more time thinking about our bodies a lot of times than we do our eternities. My eternity is established through my faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. Go down. Verse 4. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when thou blast the terrible one is apt, is as the storm against the wall. Thou shalt bring down the noise of the strangers, as the heat in a dry place, even heat with the shadow of a cloud, and branches of the terrible ones shall be brought low. Hey, when God stands up and steps up, everything else is going to be straightened up or messed up. The strong, the faithful will be straightened up, the wicked and deceitful, they will be messed up. You ever notice a tornado can go through a place and hit everything around something but leave something standing right in the middle that doesn't make any sense? I, I, I shared this with you about the tornado we had in Springdale uh, last year, the year before, I don't remember now, last year. And we, we had the tornado, and I remember standing at the back side of a house because the tree had been blown over, and it had broke the meter off, and we had a, a gas blowing in the air, and I was supposed to be the one monitoring the area there, making sure everything was safe. And standing there, I could see this field, and on, on, the, on the south side of the field, houses were tore up, and trees were knocked over on the east side there. Uh, the houses was tore up and trees was knocked over. On the north side, uh, houses was torn up and trees was knocked over there. Uh, but right in the middle of the path there, there was this great big tree. And I say great big, it was, it was a fairly good sized tree. And it didn't even have a limb touched. I thought to myself, how can that happen? I stood underneath the root base of one tree and I looked at it and there was a chair in the ground underneath the root base. And the chair was covered up all the way to the legs and it's covered up all the way. It's muddy, everything's muddy there. But you know those legs was as clean as the day they were bought at the store. It made no sense to me. A piece of pipe in the ground. And as it's in the ground, and one end's under the mud, the other end's under the mud, but right there in the middle of it, there, it's
it's as clean as it was the day it was bought. It doesn't make any sense. But can I tell you this? While the storm rages all around you and I by the hand and the protection of God, while everything else is falling apart, God giving us the victory, and we may not notice it tonight, but God can protect us from being touched by one thing if he so's desire. But sometimes the storm has to come around us for us to trust in God so that when God messes up the things around us, we still stand up and have the victory. Jump on down there. It says this in verse 7. He will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people. And the veil that is spread over all nations. And I thought about this for just a second. When the Lord Jesus came, there was a, there was a covering over all of us called sin. There was a veil that separated us from God. God took care through Christ by covering us instead of with iniquity, covering us with the blood of Jesus. In the death of Jesus, the veil that separated us brought us together in that the veil was ripped and twain from top to bottom. God opened up the veil so you and I could come in. And by the way, the coming in was the victory. That you and I got. Because now instead of relying on a man to do everything right in the sight of God in order for our sins to be rolled ahead uh, one more time. Instead of doing that, we are trusting not only uh, not in a man, but in the Son of God. And by the way, every one of those priests that went in had to first offer sacrifices for their own sin. But Jesus offered the sacrifice for my sin and for your sin because he had no sin. Verse 8, he will swallow up death in victory. You all know where that verse of scripture is, don't you? Isaiah's telling us about it before it ever got here. He will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord shall, look at this, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. We know where that is too, by the way. And the rebuke of his people shall be taken away from off all the earth, for the Lord has spoken it. Church, I'm going to tell you something. People don't like us today when we stand faithful to God. You stand against sin and you're going to make enemies. It's just a simple fact of life. It is the way that it is. And by the way, the reason why a lot of churches fill up today is because they won't stand against sin. They don't preach against fornication. They don't preach against living in adultery. They don't talk about homosexuality. I, I was watching TV this afternoon, and, and Michael has a new commercial out, and one of the guys in the commercial, there's two guys on the couch, and they're sick, and one of the guys reaches over and kisses the other guy on the head, and I'll tell you what, if I could have, I'd have shot my TV if I'd have thought it made any difference. 
But I'm just sitting here going, why do you constantly throw your perversion in my face? But the minute I stand up and I say, hey, God is against that. Hey, Facebook takes me off. YouTube will block you out. And everybody gets mad at you. By the way, if Facebook knocks us off, I, I really don't care one way or the other. If they throw us out because we preach Jesus, God will give us another avenue. You can go to Sermon Audio. They'll never throw us out for preaching Jesus. And I'll just tell you the truth, though, tonight. When you stop to think about it, uh, God is doing wonderful things there. God will take care of the things there. God will give us victory. But where victory is in serving Jesus, not walking away from him. Those who've walked away have lost out. Those of us who stayed are gaining ground every day. I'm on my way, the upward way. I can't remember how I'll win. But think about it. And I'll tell you what, when we get there, what a day that's going to be. A day that never stops. I want you to pray about a question I put out to the whole church this morning, and it's a true question. Those who can't come, I can understand. Those who don't come, I don't understand. And I want to know, do they realize how it makes those of us who do come feel? To not have those who cannot come to church. It's a lot better when we're all together. Jump on over there to the place we was going to go. You know what I was talking about? This is the next place we find victory. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Or the next place we'll talk about it this evening. Verse 51 in Corinthians 15. Verse 51 says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. I mean, some of us is going to go before we die. Now, whether or not that happens in my lifetime or your lifetime, I don't know. But as long as the word of God stands, somebody's going to read this and say, you know what? They some already gone to sleep. They still some around. And so he says, we shall not all sleep. So while there's still going to be some alive and some that's gone on, look at what he says. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. You're not getting out of this church without being changed one way or another. The physical body does not go into eternity. It does not enter into heaven and it does not enter into hell. There's a body that has been set aside, made for us to live forever in heaven. And there's another one preserved and ready to live in hell. I'm glad the body in heaven can feel no pain. But the one in hell will feel all pain. I'm glad the body in heaven will know no sorrow, but the one in hell will know all sorrows. I'm glad the body in heaven will never hunger or thirst, but the one in hell will hunger and thirst. But you better get the victory if you plan on getting the right body. And that comes through Jesus. He said, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ, or the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption. And this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. I like that. 
My Bible just told me in the Old Testament that God is the victor. But he said God gets the victory. God gets himself the victory. God gets the victory. God shall be praised for the victory. And listen to me carefully tonight. I want to tell you something because we can go just for a moment back to David there. And David was mourning over Absalom because his son was dead. Again, I would be a cold-hearted man to say David had no right to do that. But what I'm saying is this. David's mourning lost sight of the victory. David's mourning lost sight of what God was going to do in the fulfilling of God's will and plan and purpose there. And he got distracting the people. And so when we stop to think about it this evening, God, church, the victory that was back there, God brought so we could see what God can do and what God has done. So that today, when we stand up or we talk about it, we ask about our salvation, we think about our salvation is this, that God has always been the one bringing the victory so you and I could bask in the victory. God told the children of Israel when he brought them out of Egypt, he said, I go before you. I will work, and not me, but he. He will take care of the nations that are greater and stronger and mightier and meaner. He would take care of them. So I want to tell you something else tonight, church. While the devil still seeks to keep us from focusing on the victory, it's because he can never have it. He's a loser. <laughs> you ever lost? <laughs> My giants got shellacked last night. Didn't feel so good. But I'm telling you something. That ball game meant nothing in the span of life. It's a few hours of entertainment for the, for the Eagle fans and a few hours of distress for the Giant fans. But in the end of time, that game means nothing. Absolutely nothing. Whoever wins the Super Bowl this year means nothing. It gets them guys more money. It gets them more fame. It gets them a ring. I mean, it does a lot, but in the end of time, God will not say, you know what? You want a Super Bowl, you get a free pass into heaven. It don't, if it's your team, God's not going to say all the fans of your team gets a free pass. In the, it doesn't mean nothing. Why? That victory is, is a flash victory. I'm talking about spiritual victories. So death is swallowed up in victory. Death is like a big glass of water Jesus took and drunk all by himself. Swallowed it. Can I tell you something? Death and hell will not escape the judgment of God. Those that go there will not get out. There's no bargaining going on there. But those of us who put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will have not only a victorious time here in this life, but we will have a permanent victory coming ahead. 
So verse 55 says, Death, where is thy sting, O grave? Where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know your labor is not in vain in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you, in this passage of Scripture alone, out of the 12 times it is found in the Bible, the word victory is found three times in these here three different verses there. I'm just telling you tonight, church, there's something to be said about losing sight of the victory. Don't lose sight of it. And don't let others cause you to lose sight. There's a lot of distractions in this world. First John chapter 5. Verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begotteth loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that the love of, excuse me, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Can I tell you, he's talking about the word of God. And the Bible tells us what is the first commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou love or serve. Thou shalt have no other gods before him. All those verses that go through there talking about how we should serve God. Look at this very carefully there. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Why? Because they keep pointing us to the victory. You know, there are a lot of folks say, well, well the Bible is just full of do's and don'ts. Amen, it is. And if you do the will of God, you're going to be blessed. But if you don't, you're going to suffer in hell. But it's not hard. It's just a choice. I tell folks, and I still believe it, the hardest thing, the, the, the easiest thing I've ever done was give my heart to the Lord. The hardest thing is keeping that commitment. Not because it's hard, but because the flesh flushes against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these two are contrary one to another so that you do the things that you ought not do. But aren't you glad tonight the blood is still there? All you got to do is go back like Isaiah in chapter 12. He said, go back to the wells of salvation. Go back and draw some more. I, I like the story of Isaac when he goes out and the people and they go out and they dig up the well there that his father Abraham had dug and they get water out of it. The enemy comes and they push them down the road. They dig up another well and they get there and then they go down the road and they dig up another because the enemy keeps coming. Finally, you know what? There's a thing that goes, I'm tired of digging wells. I'm tired of being pushed around. This is my father's land. The Bible done said that the earth and all that's therein is God's. And I'm going to tell you why we continue to feel like strangers because of things that are going on. Can I tell you, this still belongs to God. And one of these days, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Why? Because God has said it's his. It's his. 
For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even what? Our faith. Jesus overcame, and my faith in him makes me an overcomer. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Do I have any believers in the house tonight? What does that make us? Overcomers. And overcomers are victory people. We're part of the victory crowd, you might say. We're part of the victory body. We're, we're part of that which is winning, not losing. But you know why we lose sight of the victory? Because we lose sight of the facts of the Scripture. The Bible tells us that in the last days, what's going to happen? Men are going to turn away from God. The Bible says that except there come a great falling away, that day shall not come, talking about the revealing of the son of perdition, the Antichrist, the one who claims to be God but not God. And we know that he gets here and what does he do? He does lots of false signs and wonders and, and does all kinds of things so that deception comes. And Matthew tells us that unless God was to shorten those days, the very elect of God would be deceived, church. I'm telling you, the devil's going to get his part, but God's going to get his part, and I choose to be on the part of God. Revelations 15, verse 1. This will be our last place this evening. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues. For in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I'm going to tell you something, church. I believe in the rapture. I believe in the removal of the church before the wrath of God is, is poured out. We're not going to be in the wrath of God. We're going to get moved out. Read your Bible there. But I'm going to tell you something. We're going to go through some things before we leave. If you live long enough, you might see things you never thought you would see. The Bible tells us about those that come through great tribulation. In the last days, there will be great tribulation. It didn't say, and, and again, you know, the, I, I understand people's going back to Daniels and talking about seven years of tribulation. Can I tell you, I've been alive for 52 years, and for as long as I can remember, I've had times of tribulation in my life, which have been a, a while, because I can remember back being a young man sticking my hand down in a hole and getting the pop bottle there that cut it. That didn't help me none. But it's going to get worse, not better. But the facts are this. The worse it gets out there, the better we are in here. Staying true to God. Because there's coming a time you, you and I don't want to be part of. So I believe we're going to go through tribulation. He said this. And I saw, as it were, the sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten what? The victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over his over the number of his name. What does that tell you, church? Remember what I said earlier? 
Stay with God, and you are the victor. The devil is a loser. He is going to lose. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You and I may go through hard times, harder times than we've ever wanted to go through. We may see things we never imagined we would see. We may be bombarded on every side. It is possible that we could even, the Bible says it, and I know we keep thinking it's somewhere in a foreign country, but it is possible that we could be thrown in jail for the faith of Christ in our service and our testimony of him. It's possible that they'll do what they want to to try to stop us, but even in the darkest dungeon of all the prisons in America, you and I can still pre Pray to God and sing the praises of God. What's the worst they can do to us if we're singing and praying and they don't like it? Kill us? Because in death, I've got victory. <laughs> it's that simple, church. Everything that happens, don't let it distract you from the victory. Don't lose sight of the victory. These that come overcome and have got the victory. Why? Because they overcame. Look what he said. And I saw as it were the sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast. Over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name. Stand in the sea of glass having their harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, the song of the in the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints, who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou only art thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. Can I tell you tonight the Bible says that there's coming a day that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, it's going to be too late if you don't do it willingly before he comes. And it don't matter what you say after he comes. It's too late to do anything about it. But I want to be part of the group that has the harp of God. And sings the songs of Moses. You know, we sing it. I was once a sinner, but I came. Pardon to my soul, to, pardon to receive my soul. I can't get it. But the whole gist of it is this. What? There's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. <laughs> and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. Can I tell you, church, tonight, I'm glad to know that my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'm glad to know that they ain't no devil or nobody else who's got a marker that can mark it out or erase it out other than God the Father. Read your Bible. He's the only one got ability to do that. And you and I tonight stand in faith, and our faith in Him is our victory. And our victory in him, church, I'm telling you, doesn't go away as long as we stay. Would you stand tonight? Heavenly Father, I'm thankful this evening for your love and mercy. I'm thankful, dear God, for all that you do and all that you've done. 
And I ask you, Lord, help me tonight to be that which you'd have me to be and do that which you'd have me to do. And these that are here this evening, dear God, Lord, I pray make us salt, make us light. And help us, dear God, as we go out of here tonight, Father, realize and understand and rejoice in the fact that you are the victory. And because we're in you, dear God, we are part of the victorious crowd. We are victors in Christ Jesus. We've overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And Lord, I'm thankful for that tonight. And I praise you for it, Father. And just ask you, dear God, help us through this week. In Jesus' blessed, righteous, holy, beloved name. And amen. And amen.